Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hey, I'm Gabe. Hey, I'm Sierra. Hey, I'm Lauren. So we got Planned Parenthood here. Woo woo! This is the first time in years. In years. How exciting. We're really excited to be here. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> are you coming with good news? Always. We at Planned Parenthood are only ever about good news. <laughs> no, it's been a rough time, but uh, we really appreciate you bringing us on. And, you know, we definitely have a lot to talk about. There's too much going on. but Right. We're this, here. We're here. This felt like a, a kind of the uh, an appropriate moment to have the first Planned Parenthood guests on this podcast um, in in light of what all you've been going through. Absolutely, Planned Parenthood of Greater Ohio and Planned Parenthood of Southwest Ohio, uh, in particular, are really getting hit hard by what is a national attack and has been for years on reproductive health care and access, and particularly health care access at Planned Parenthood health centers. And here in Ohio, we are seeing funding from the federal level and the state level being taken away, Planned Parenthood being forced out of the Title X program, which I will, you know, go into more fully so that we all like, what is Title X? But, you know, we're seeing actual health centers close, you know, brick and mortar places where patients have been able to see a provider and have access to important life-affirming and in times life-saving healthcare that is no longer going to be available. Um, so yeah, when we say we're not coming with good news, uh, we, we're not coming with right. good news, right. but we also are seeing more supporters, you know, okay. come out. So um, all the things. Pull that microphone a little bit close to you. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so the first question <laughs> is, is the one that you raised. Uh, hey Lauren, what is title 10? All right. Title 10 Uh, is a federal grant program that has been around for over 40 years. Its purpose is to ensure that folks who have lower incomes, cannot afford uh, birth control, are able to access it for low to no cost. Planned Parenthood is the largest provider using Title X dollars or up until this past month when we were forced out of the program. So Planned Parenthood Uh, participates with other providers to apply for the grant. It's a competitive process. You know, we're saying to the federal government, with these dollars, we're going to be able to provide this high-quality health care to so many patients. Here in Ohio, that was about 60,000 patients that we were providing Title X health care to. So that's, if you go to a Planned Parenthood health center, you're not going to talk about Title X. But what you are going to hear is, you know, what is your ability to pay? Uh, like, what's your what's your income? And then based right. on your income, you're offered a sliding scale. People don't walk in saying, hey, I want some of that Title X care. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. This is your, your access to birth control, the full range of birth control, and then being able to add on uh, cancer screenings, breast exams, STI testing and treatment, you know, the important preventative health care that allows folks here in Ohio to make sure that they're able to choose their direction and whether they have children or not, and also just make sure that they're, you know, healthy 
year in, year out. So it sounds like Title Tone's a good program. Absolutely. And it's because healthcare is expensive. We know that when we go to our providers, like even with insurance, you know, we're all paying way too much, whether in a deductible or in, you know, at the center. And for some folks, that cost is means that they're not going to seek health care. Right. So when it comes to family planning um, or, you know, any issues that you're having with reproductive health care, it's so important that you don't have to wait. You know, anyone who wants to be on birth control should be able to be on birth control. Title 10 allows folks to be able to do that. And Planned Parenthood, being such a large provider of Title 10 dollars, was able to, you know, 60,000 patients, that's a lot of people. Right. So you say it started 40-some years ago. That sounds like it was in the Nixon administration. It was. It was. It, it was, was a Republican program. It was right? Absolutely. So, so Richard Nixon started this program. Mm-hmm. Because every $1 spent on family planning preventative care saves $7 okay. for taxpayers. So we get this great program that's paying for all of this great care and we've got a great provider who's offering all of this great care. Absolutely. And you know, it's they are definitely not like we want to give this to Planned Parenthood. Every grant cycle, Planned Parenthood's apply and Planned Parenthood's were awarded the dollars because of how many patients we were able to provide. Um, we would be getting about 40,000% 40,000. 40% of the dollars um and providing to 60% of the patients. So we are able to provide to more patients with less dollars because of our efficient delivery and the fact that we focus on family planning uh, and reproductive health care for all people. What makes Planned Parenthood more efficient than your standard doctor's office that's just out there somewhere? We have been providing reproductive health care for over 100 years. We are committed to the highest quality of health care, and we have a federation that helps us stay on top of the most uh, up-to-date services and the best way to provide. Um, And also we were able to, with Title X, ensure that we had um, the full range of choices. And we are known as being a non-judgmental healthcare provider. So in addition to the fact that, you know, we do provide high quality healthcare, we also are a place where people trust that they are, it's going to be a private conversation. It's going to be a safe conversation. Um, Their identity, their gender identity is going to be respected. If they have are a victim um, or survivor of sexual assault, that is going to be taken into consideration. They're going to have the opportunity to have a safe conversation with a trusted medical provider. And that's why people choose Planned Parenthood for the reproductive health care. And, and I think that that is a really important piece of it because so many people that I've talked to have touched on the fact that the compassionate care that they receive at Planned Parenthood is why they continue to choose to go to Planned Parenthood. For a lot of people... Yes, that cost is a barrier, but they are choosing Planned Parenthood because they trust us and they trust that we are going to, from beginning to end, center them in the process and what they have been through and why they are seeking this care. We are asking the right questions. That's something I continue to hear patients say is that Planned Parenthood knows the questions to ask and knows these situations and what has brought people to where they are better than other providers. Right. And, you know, from, from what I've heard of, uh, you know, the, over the years of doing this work, when you talk to people ab- about their experiences with different doctors, those sort of conversations that you're describing don't happen everywhere else. You Absolutely. know, there's, there's a lot of doctors that 
uh, aren't understanding when they have a trans patient that come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if somebody who is a recent, uh, you know, survivor of a sexual assault, they're not always getting care from somebody who is understanding and who isn't blaming them. You're absolutely right. And we'll see that sometimes folks don't want to go to their uh, family doctor, the doctor who's seeing their other family members. Sometimes, uh, for instance, if you want to get an STI that, you know, a sexually transmitted infection test, uh, that you that privacy is really important and people see that at Planned Parenthood, especially with our relationship with LGBTQ community and ensuring that, you know, folks are able to, to ask whatever questions they want and know that, you know, Hey, treatment's available too. Okay. So it sounds like this is all great. It is all great. What changed? What changed? (laughs) The Trump administration, uh, we knew from the get go, Mike Pence has been, attacking Planned Parenthood. He's a bad guy. Ever. Uh, Gabe and I could talk about years ago when we had to go uh, protest him in D.C. for the, you know, the first time they were trying to attack Title X and family planning dollars for Planned Parenthood health centers as well as other family planning providers. You know, they, the Title X program has changed. The first thing that the Trump-Pence administration did was change, they, they told all the grantees who, you know, we already had the, the dollars in, in a grant period could be like three years. They were like, okay, this cycle is over. Everybody has to reapply. And they changed the requirements for the program. They made it easier to get Title $10. So in the past, part of being uh, able to get the, the dollars was uh, providing the full range of birth control options. You know, okay. it, it's specifically for family planning. Now you can get Title $10 if you have one birth control option. And that one birth control option could be the rhythm method, which is... <laughs> what? The, I did please not don't make know. me explain the rhythm method because I... Yeah, oh, I, I understand the rhythm know. method. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So that is why um, our arch nemesis, the uh, fake women's clinics, formerly known as crisis pregnancy centers, can now get Title $10. Ooh, that's horrible. Yes. So basically, if you just stand up there, explain to a teenage girl how her cycle works and when is her peak ovulation and all of that, then all of a sudden you're eligible for health care dollars from the federal government? Apparently so. That's hot garbage. Yes, it is. mm. It really is. And so that was the first, that that was trouble. And now some Planned Parenthoods were still regranted because they're, you know, they always want to talk about how other providers can take our patients. But then when, you know, push comes to shove and those providers are supposed to be, you know, available to get the dollars, they're just not there. It's they're not. They're they're either not in the counties where we provide care here in Ohio. There are nine counties where Planned Parenthood was the only Title Ten provider, and we you know we don't know where those dollars are going to go, and we certainly don't know where patients are going to go. We know that you know if patients aren't able to go to Planned Parenthood, they may not choose to go to another provider because right. of the trusted relationship that we've already provided. Of course, Planned Parenthood doors are staying open and. Planned Parenthood is going to continue to do everything we can to continue to serve the patients that we were serving. But the reality is, is this was a good program that was meeting the needs of the community, certainly could have been invested in more. I mean, we absolutely could have 
grown as a healthcare provider and other healthcare providers could have come in and provided more care too. This is like cutting into the program and changing it. So they changed the program. And in addition to that, they came up with what is a domestic gag rule saying that if you get title $10, you can't talk about abortion, you can't provide abortion and you really can't uh, refer a patient for an abortion. So while Title Ten dollars have never paid for abortion, they made they they wanted to connect abortion care to Title Ten, and of course Planned Parenthood does also provide abortions. Right, and it's a central part of your mission. It's a central part of our mission. Absolutely, we have to make sure that part of reproductive health care is making sure that all reproductive health care is accessible, and abortion is an important part of health care access. So this. This sounds like what we'd heard about uh, through previous Republican administrations, mm-hmm. um, but not in the U.S. They did this outside of the U.S. This is that Mexico City gag rule. Absolutely, yes. the global gag rule. Yeah. This is a domestic gag rule. Okay. And, and this is the first time that we've seen this. They, they took a, a terrible idea that they were pushing onto other countries, and now we're pushing it on to... The tr- Americans. The Trump-Pence administration is the first to successfully get a gag rule in. Other Republican administrations, I think, toyed around with it, but the Trump-Pence administration were extra committed. <sighs> I know, we're laughing through our pain. <laughs> Always. <laughs> right. This. Th- I mean... So this the gag is- rule is in place. So anyone who's getting Title $10 is not going to be able to talk about abortion care and is not going to be able to refer to abortion. So Planned Parenthood was forced out of this program because it is core to our mission to make sure that not only that abortion access is available to all of our patients and to anyone who needs it, but it's also about ethical medical care. Patients should be able to talk about what they need to talk about and they need to know what all of their options are. Right. Uh, so what has been the, the impact on your um, affiliates here in Ohio? What did we see happen from this? Well, unfortunately, the Title X gag rule is really just the next attack we're experiencing. We've been seeing attacks on our funding for years now. And uh, the estate from of Kasich from here in Ohio. Exactly. From right. Kasich's administration. We saw a, like they were calling it defunding Planned Parenthood, but really what it was, it was making sure that state grants that went towards uh, comprehensive sex education or to gonorrhea or chlamydia testing uh, to our infant mortality program, these state grants that Planned Parenthood, again, as a provider, as someone who was granted the money and then uses it to provide health care, um, really it's reimburses for services that we're providing. Um, we were cut out of that program early. So we've lost access to state funding and now federal funding. Right. So because of that loss to the, both the state and federal funding, our Planned Parenthood Southwest Ohio affiliate had to make the very difficult decision to close two health centers in the Cincinnati region. The Western Hills Health Center and the Springdale Health Center will be closed um, at the end of September. So these aren't... Planned Parenthood Southwest Ohio's abortion facility? No, they're um, two family planning health centers. So those are the health centers where you would uh, get birth control, counseling, and access to birth control, uh, cancer screenings, breast exams, STI testing and treatment. 
So Donald Trump... As well as a place for free condoms, because that was one of the big things. Like, the high schoolers were like, but where do we go after school to hang out and get free condoms? Right. Yeah. Um, so so to, uh, to recognize what had happened, um, to thank the staff, to um, show support for the patients, you guys threw a... Uh, a rally in the parking lot of one of these two facilities that was closing last week. We came down for that. Um, and as uh, I'd, I'd never been, I've, I've been to quite a few of the Planned Parenthoods around Ohio. This was one I hadn't been to. Um, as we were uh, sort of circling the block and looking for parking and trying to figure out where to eat before the rally started, that was the thing that caught our eye was this is right next to a big high school mm-hmm. um, western hills yes yeah and and one of our one of our favorite volunteers matt he was standing there in the parking lot and he said that there was another high school you know within within walking distance absolutely and this is a critical healthcare provider for these students it and it's been in the community since i believe it's 1977 let's not quote on the date but it was like the late <laughs> yeah. 70s i mean it, we've been part of the community in western hills and it was it's a it's a very good health center, and it just it's expensive to provide health care. And without the ability to subsidize our services through programs like Title Ten and through the state grants that we lost earlier, it is impossible to keep the same number of health centers open. And there is the Mount Auburn Health Center in Cincinnati, which we will ensure that all of our patients know about. It's also on the bus route. Um, but it's not within walking distance of the high school. It's not walking distance. It's not. I mean, it, and Sierra joined us for the rally too, so she can talk about, you know, like what it was like on the ground, I think, with our supporters, because, you know, we saw a huge turnout. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that we said, what, we had roughly 350 people that were there, and it is always a weird feeling at a time like this, because obviously we're upset, and this is shitty. Am I allowed to curse? Well, you just did. I know. As I said it, I was like, oh, no. It was was very shitty. (laughs) It was very shitty. And, but then you see at a time like this, the community strength that is within this movement, and there were so many people that came out to support the patients and the providers, and there were folks that were sharing their story, and they were talking about why the care they were receiving at Planned Parenthood was so unparalleled that even though, like, I'm sometimes like, gosh, how am I going to do this tomorrow? Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to call people and tell them to come volunteer when they're probably so sad? I'm like, well, they're coming out on their own. Like, people are eager to get involved, and people are eager to make some change right now. And I think that when we see these devastating attacks it is such a tangible piece of evidence by like how serious the threat both to Planned Parenthood and reproductive rights as a whole is right now right absolutely and people see what's going on this was not a like this isn't a natural disaster that we couldn't you know fix or you know see coming like this is a man-made problem it's a political agenda it's a political agenda and it is an agenda Right now, we see that Cincinnati Right to Life is going to have a press conference tomorrow, um, you know, talking about the 
uh, case for speaking of shitty. <laughs> speaking of shitty, uh, you know they they're trying to say that like no, women's healthcare isn't going to be impacted. They they're saying well, women are choosing not to go to Planned Parenthood. No, women were choosing to go to Planned Parenthood. Right, women and men and transgender folks were coming to Planned Parenthood in Western Hills and in Springdale, as well as people from our Latinx community, people who are new immigrants, um, and communities of color in both Western Hills and Springdale are the most impacted. So when organizations are coming up and saying, oh, winning, or you know, this is great for women's health care, it shows what their true agenda is because their agenda is to ensure that women and femmes do not get to choose who their provider is. They don't right. get to choose the quality of health care they get. They don't get to make the choice about what they do with their own bodies. And not only do they not get to choose, but like the choice is taken completely away. I was just speaking to an OBGYN who works out in Cincinnati out of a Catholic office that is a recipient of Title X funding, and that she primarily serves Latina women. And Planned Parenthood was where she, under the table, would tell people to go to get the care that they so desperately wanted that she was unable to provide at the clinic she was working. She would send her patients to Planned Parenthood because she knows that they can trust us. Right. Absolutely. And of course, referral to abortion is really important and folks need to be able to do that. But people refer to birth control for us as well because there are a lot of providers who do not think that birth control should be provided. Like the centers that are closing, that's access to birth control, access to affordable birth control, but access to all the types of birth control. Right. Yeah. Um, before we started uh, recording, you said something about medical ethics. Can you can you speak to? Absolutely. Um, so what we hear from our patients, and I Sierra said this so well that like they, we ask the right questions, and we are able to have a conversation. But it's coming from a place of just general education. Like this is the information, and you get to as a patient take the information that is meaningful to you. So when it comes to uh, unwanted pregnancy, the fact that we talk about um, continuing your pregnancy, about abortion, and about adoption, that those are the options. And patients get to ask which questions they want. We don't have an agenda on what a patient does um, and how they fulfill their, you know, what they want to do with their pregnancy. Right. And that is clear in the conversation. It's clear from the person that you talk to at reception, the person that's taking your vitals, and then your nurse practitioner who's going to be, you know, providing your exam. Every it, It's about what the patient needs. And also we take the training that we do in the back end very seriously about, like, cultural cues and, and having safe, you know, conversations and kind of going with where the patient wants, like, it's so important as a provider that you're not walking in with an agenda. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, I've, I've learned that years ago, um, when I was a, a communication staffer at Planned Parenthood, I got sent to go sit in the, um, uh, the phone bank where mm-hmm. the operators would receive the incoming calls from patients and they handed me a spare set of headphones and, you know, plugged me into the switchboard so I could hear those conversations. Yeah. And I listened to, uh, you know, the actual operators talking to real patients who were calling in and having all of these questions. 
Um, and so I, I, I remember asking one of those staffers, it's like, well, you know, how do you, how do you decide? And she's like, no, no, I don't make any decisions. I'm basically just here to serve as a pencil and whatever they want, I write down, you know, and I, I help them find what they are looking for. We don't steer, uh, we don't influence, mm-hmm. they know what they want. Absolutely. And they're asking for, you know, whatever service and we just make sure that they can get access to that. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. critical. It is. It's critical. And doctors, I mean, this is gagging doctors. You know, do we want to live in a state? Do we want to live in a country where our government is telling doctors how they should provide care, what they can say? I, I mean, we know our most of our legislators didn't go to medical school, but even the ones they did, that's not the, the position they're coming from. Like, this is a political agenda. Do we want our government to tell us what to do? Do we want our government to tell our doctors what to do? I mean, right. this is they, the state house coming right in the middle of uh, the patient-provider relationship. Right. And, I mean, those ideas right there are so much of what most of the Republican arguments were during the Obama administration. Death panels, you know, all this garbage. I, I know. I thought, I thought that the worst thing that could ever happen was that you don't get to go to the provider you had already chosen to go to. Right. <laughs> Except sure if fair. your provider is Planned Parenthood. Then, right. then we know better than you, and uh, we're okay with making that decision. Because that's what they want, and that's what Right to Life wants to. Right. Uh, okay, so Sierra, after the rally, um, uh, you held the next event, which was uh, Portman. Yes, we had a rally outside of Portman's office as part of our National Day of Action across the country because we are holding Congress accountable because Congress has the power to protect Title Ten funding for family planning centers like Planned Parenthood. They can pass this explicit messaging into their appropriations bill. Okay. Um, that would protect Title X. And so we were outside Portman's office for seemingly the 800th time that I've been outside of Portman's office. Because Senator Rob Portman's basically been silent on this. Totally silent. No town halls, nothing. No, no spine. N- no, sp- always spineless. And so we I'm had... <laughs> right? We had, I guess... Uh, I'm awful at a crowd estimate, but I was counting a lot in pictures, and I think like roughly 50 folks that okay. came out pretty last minute um, to support us at this rally. And we had six different speakers, um, ranging from patients that were telling their stories about why they chose to receive care at Planned Parenthood. Um, and also, we had uh, Councilman Brown, who spoke on the Title X study that she did with Megan Kilgore and how Title X funding specifically Title X funding that is going to Planned Parenthood is vital for Ohioans. And Elizabeth Brown is a terrific advocate on this issue. Absolutely. She rocks. I yeah. feel like I just want to be her when I grow up. Um, <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> but one of our speakers um, was touching on the fact that she went to Planned Parenthood as a teen because she had a boyfriend and she was like, I might start making some choices that my parents aren't super jazzed about right now. And her parents, um, their religious beliefs were going to get in the way of her accessing birth control. And so she had a friend who luckily knew of Planned Parenthood and was like, we can go to Planned Parenthood and we don't have to use insurance. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what? Um, She's now an adult with three children and has chosen to have a family as she pleased. But 
at that time was like, I don't believe you. And she's like, no, seriously, I'll make her appointment. We'll go to Planned Parenthood. It's going to be awesome. So she shared the story of how she, at 16 years old, went with her friend to Planned Parenthood to get birth control so that she could make responsible choices as a teen because she knew that she couldn't go to her parents or use their insurance. She was able to get care with us. So we... Yeah, we were outside Portman's for not a whole long, not a whole long time, but we sent a clear message that we need him to act to protect our care because he is letting down Ohioans for the 500th time now, and this is serious. Like these are lives, these are patients, these are people that are trying to access healthcare and take care of themselves, um, and he is just not yeah. standing up to his test. Absolutely, right. and I think that Senator Portman thinks that his silence will just be seen as, like, moderation. Like, he doesn't come out and talk. He doesn't, you know, say he openly agrees with the right-wing Republican agenda right. that's happening right now. But all you have to do is look at his votes. He voted every time to repeal the Affordable Care Act, which would have left hundreds of thousands of Ohioans without health insurance, especially right. through the Medicaid expansion. Like, his votes say what he thinks. And he did vote to defund Planned Parenthood. He does vote against access to abortion. So... Portman is an extreme lawmaker. He's just able to, you know, by not saying anything right. publicly, seem less extreme. So we really have to watch him. But know that, like, he has the power now of all of our elected officials right now who can make an, a difference in affordable, accessible reproductive health care. It's Portman voting to leave Title X uh, and the way that the House uh, put it in the appropriations bill. The Senate can just vote yes on. And uh, at the rally, you were also talking about uh, Steve Shabbat, uh, because this is Cincinnati. This Absolutely. is his district. Um, Mike DeWine, because you know the state has. Mike DeWine know, is. Uh, is absolutely leading the agenda to take away access to reproductive health care, both access for abortion and access to birth control. He is part of the administration that defunded Planned Parenthood, and he's been personally attacking uh, our organization and our right. partner organizations for years. And, you know, I, I remember from when Kasich was going after Planned Parenthood, uh, even though these health center closures are localized in Cincinnati, you know, State Representative Dan Ramos was a, a great advocate for Lorraine. Absolutely. And was talking about how the Planned Parenthood Lorraine Health Center is the only place that people with a bus pass in Lorraine can get to Absolutely. to get any form of health care. And that hasn't changed. And we are able to, as Planned Parenthood, you know, we've been around for over 100 years. So we were around and providing health care before Title X, and we will continue to provide that same high-quality health access to our, the communities where we are in. Right. You know, we, even in closing the centers that are closing in Cincinnati, that is a financial decision that is the financial decision for right now. We have seen Planned Parenthoods close in other states, and we've seen Planned Parenthoods reopen in other states. So, right. you know, we are making decisions now so that we can stay in our communities and continue to provide not only our health services, but our access to sex education. You know, we're in schools and we're in communities um, talking about preventative care and how to have uh, sex safely and also have healthy relationships and, you know, important conversations, not just with young people, but with adults and, and community members. But, you know, all of that, we are going to continue throughout our state. And, you know, we are making the difficult and important decisions, you know, both in how we deliver care, but, you know, 
we are looking at other funders and other opportunities, um, other municipalities that we can partner with. Like it's so important that access to healthcare, non-judgmental healthcare, where people, you know, if people want to see be seen by Planned Parenthood, they should be able to. Right. Um, okay, so we're almost out of time here. You mentioned local endorsements, which is a new thing for Planned Parenthood that that NARAL hasn't done uh, to the best of my knowledge ever, but certainly not while I've been working here. Where are you? We don't know what the endorsements are. Those are going to be announced. Yes, we're going to announce them on Monday. Okay. So uh, we, you know, are looking at attacks from the federal level, attacks at the state level, and you know, we know who our current elected officials are, especially at the state level, and we would like them to be different. Um, but we have really important relationships at the local, um, both city and county, um, at the, the mayor's offices and the city council and um, our school boards. You know, Folks um, who are running for office at the local level are so important to their community and they're important to Planned Parenthood, and we wanna build stronger relationships uh, to help keep our health centers open, uh, to make sure that our um, comprehensive, medically accurate, age-appropriate sex education is available for students in schools. Uh, and we see greater relationships with local uh, candidates and, and officials as an important step in that process. So we're really excited to announce that 2019 will be our first local endorsements, and those endorsements will be announced on Monday. Um and That's we'll terrific. Be pushing them out. Yeah, it's awesome. And hey, they're going to be the next people to run for uh, our state representatives and our governor races, and maybe even president. So hey. So that's terrific. So those announcements will come out on uh, Monday, September 23rd. Uh, I'm going to run through some upcoming events here real quick before we let you go. Um, Tonight, so if you're hearing this, you're probably too late, Um, but it was on our Facebook page, which is where the information for all of these events are. Uh, Kelly Freeman, our field manager, is having a town hall on the east side of Columbus at the Driving Park Metropolitan Library. Um, but if you missed that, there's going to be another one on October 3rd, a West Side Town Hall um, in the Hilltop at the library. Uh, so information uh, is on our Facebook page on the events tab. That's October 3rd at 6 p.m. Um, so there's the next Repro Health Happy Hour, one in Columbus and one in Toledo, both on September 25th. Uh, the one in Columbus is at 8 and Sand. Um, and you've been to that. How do you like the, uh, the repro health happy hours? It's the best. I think that it's such a unique way to meet new volunteers. Like I have been meeting new people that don't really know quite how to get plugged into the movement. So they go to happy hour, they get a drink, they get to fund a great cause. And then they also get to speak with different leaders in the movement about kind of how they can leverage their own power in their communities. Cool. Uh, so that one in Columbus is eight and sand. And then the one in Toledo um, is the first repro health happy hour in Toledo at the attic on Adams. who has been a great supporter of ours. That's September 25th, uh, 6 30 PM. As always check the Facebook page uh, link is in the show notes. Thank you so yeah, much for, having us. for coming awesome. and talking, uh, talking shit about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our pleasure. <laughs> Trump and Pence and Portman and Shabbat. Yeah, we got to get these people out of here. People who got to go. I can always talk shit. Okay. Well, we'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye.